Hello and thank you for taking a moment to listen to God's word today here at King City Church. Currently we are in a series where we dig into some of the greatest biblical marriages and see what we can learn. Now prepare your heart as we travel back in time for Once Upon a Marriage. Week four of Once Upon a Marriage. Turn to the person and look at them and tell them who's on your right or on your left. If they're not married, okay, uh, let's, give, let's give a chance for all the singles, right, who are praying to mingle. <laughs> look at them. If they're not single, don't look at my wife and tell anything to her, Danny. She's married. Look at Kenneth. Right. One day, look, no, 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 Kenneth, Danny, yes. <laughs> okay, one day, you will be married. So will I. And we need to know from God's word how to manage. Yes, how to manage. Marriage through God's word. Amen. Okay. All the married people now. Look to heaven. Look to heaven and say, thank you, Jesus, for the amazing husband or amazing wife that you have blessed me with. He or she is the most amazing partner that I could ever have. Say it like you mean it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, truly God has empowered our church in many ways. And I believe that regardless of whatever that we have in terms of whether being the facility or friendships or relationships, the only thing that can really empower you with great strength for your life is God's word. So whatever that we do, whatever that we say, whatever that you decide in your life, make sure, make sure, make sure that it is from God's word. Amen. May his word lead your life. May his word be the compass of your life. All right. Don't don't let anybody else you know, or anything else influence you. Do you know what is not good for a compass? A magnet. You will find attractive things that will pull you like a magnet. And if it's pulling you like a magnet so strong that if it is pulling you away from the direction of God, then that magnet uh, is not good for your life. You know what I'm talking about. It's not good for your life. Whether be it a relationship, friendship, job, opportunities. If it's too strong, if it's pulling you away from the path of God, then it's not good for you. Amen? So stay the course. Week one we saw when marriage is your answer. 
we, we found out from Jacob and Leah's life that we need to, we cannot enter into a marriage thinking that marriage answers all our problems. It doesn't. That marriage is the ultimate thing. It is not. It is part of our life and it's a gift from God and we need to secure it by loving God more than anything else. Week two, we saw how to, uh, between difference between control and empower. We looked at Ahab and Jezebel, and we found out uh, how Jezebel was a controlling woman, and Ahab made wrong decisions because of her. Week three, we saw faithless and faithful marriage. If Jesus is not at the center of your marriage, fear will be driving your marriage and not faith. Faith has to be the most key component that leads your life, that leads your marriage, that you'll be filled by faith and not by fear. Amen? I know there's a show called X Factor. And, and in X Factor, there's this amazing bunch of talented people i used to sit and watch a lot sam like a lot of x factor and and all this kind of entertainment comes and there's four judges sitting there and 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 you know judging these performances and sometimes i always imagined how what would it look like if x factor happened in heaven and they would call it faith factor and the father and the son and the holy spirit will be sitting in the you know in the seat and, and how faith-driven we are. Imagine if God had to measure our life by faith that we carry. Faith in Him, faith in His Word. And if God has to measure us by our faith and, no, and not by our works, not by our talents, not by what we wear, not we have. And if God had to just decline all of that, and if he measured you only by your faith, how much will you weigh? How much will you weigh? Look at the person next to you and ask him, are you heavy in faith? Are you faith obese? <laughs> it's so important. This morning, I want to talk to you on a very, very, very interesting and a challenging message. A very interesting, a very challenging message. A message that is really needed for this century, this time of our lives. Really, really important. And we need to hear it. So if you want to shout it out, yes, I want to hear it. Okay, I'm going to preach it only because you said, yes, I want to hear it. So if the message is going to come strong, you wanted to hear it. You can't blame me. You see what I did there? Okay. You know, society prepares people not for marriage, but to fail in marriage. I told you it's going to be a strong message. So I'm going to hit you hard straight up. If you think that you can get ideas about marriage, about strong marriage from this world, from this society? No. Society is setting you up for a divorce. How many of you have, forget marriage, how many of you have real quality friendships in your life? If you look back, 
just go back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the quality of friendship you had, and if you are to start friendship now, and the quality of friendship you would have today. There's a big difference. Today, friendship is around the gadgets and the bikes and the trainers that you wear and the stuff that you carry. Back in the day, we had nothing, brother. We would, we would um, gather around probably the best cricket bat <laughs> that we could have. Or, or if we could make it out of the house, that's where would friendships would start. We had nothing, we had people. Today we have everything and we don't have people. And you expect that the world and relationships and marriage and everything can be taught by the world. It's actually setting you up for failure. Culture is not preparing, including Indian culture. I'm not talking Western Indian, generally culture. Culture is not preparing you for a strong marriage. It's not preparing you for strong relationships. It's not preparing you for genuine relationships. I want to talk to you today, this morning, from these biblical characters, Hosea and Gomer. Hosea was married to an adulterous woman, to a prostitute, because God asked him to marry her. What? It's there in the Bible? I never knew. Read your Bible. If you want to know more about reading your Bible, talk to our amazing you know, missions and outreach leader. He will give you great ideas. What is happening in this passage, in this book, is 76 years before the birth of Christ, there was a king, Jeroboam, the king of Israel, was enjoying prosperity, but they ignored God. They were filled with blessings. They were filled with stuff. They had everything that they needed, so they did not want God. Basically, God wanted to show what they are doing by getting a prophet married to an adulteress to point out, to show that they have every blessing, but yet they are committing spiritual adultery. Are you with me? The, the, the nation was committing spiritual adultery. What was happening here is that they had everything but they replaced God with everything. Whether you're married or you're not married, if you replace God, if you think through, if once you get married through your husband and through your wife, that you can love God more, you've already committed adultery before you even end up married. I told you it's going to be a strong message you asked for it don't look at me like this the reason is the reason is the moment you replace something else adultery is like you have something but you yet want something else it's not just with another person it could also be with stuff that you replace with 
if you start loving god more through your husband or through your wife then what you have put is your husband or your wife above god it is impossible to love an unlimited god through a limited man and a limited woman it's impossible it's impossible to love and worship a god who is all powerful all knowing unending has no expiry date and if you want to worship him you can't worship him through the things that has expiry date everyone including you and i here has a date on you they will put when you're gone birth and expired you could be doctor 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 so and so you could be the most wealthiest person so and so the moment you're gone they won't even refer you by name they'll call you oh when is the body being buried you're called the body not by your name not by your fame not by your title the moment you're gone you're just a body so when you live turn to the body next to you and tell them hey body when you live here on earth live for the glory of god not for your body not for your selfishness if you do that you are committing spiritual adultery and everybody said amen you see god raised this prophet hosea as a prophet to speak against spiritual adultery and he had married an adulterous woman and he's carrying this message and god asked the prophet to go marry this immoral woman and the reason being god knew what this woman would do even though she is married to cut the long story short even though she uh, you know gomer was married to hosea she had many lovers and she kept going back to them she kept going back to her old habits even though we have the most amazing living god the god of heaven and earth we still keep going back to our old habits we still keep going back to the old relationships to the old things that 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 you thought that gave you hope god is calling us out you know hosea 2:5 it says she said i will go after my lovers who will give me my food and my water my wool and my linen my oil and my drink now this woman did not understand what it what it means to be married to one person to be committed in that relationship and she did not understand that and she kept going back to her old ways and she kept going back for her personal gains are you worshiping god for personal gains if you are worshiping god so that you will get a new job 
so that you will have a great marriage, so that God will bless you, that is adultery spiritually. Yes, it is. I am preaching because you asked for it. It is important to understand this. It is as serious as that. This is why I, I teach this church. I teach you guys, don't just switch on to somebody who is always preaching only about blessing. They are not talking about the king of kings. They are talking about the burger king. The king of kings and the lord of lords, whether he blesses you or doesn't bless you, he's your father, he's your El Shaddai God, you worship him when you're hungry, you worship him when you're in the street, you worship him when God puts you in a palace, you worship him wherever you are because he's your daddy. Not because he blesses you. Not because he gives you everything. The Bible is not talking about a Burger King where you just walk in and order something that you like. That is not what prayer is. It's spiritual adultery if you do that. It's spiritual adultery if you do that. If you worship God for what you want, you will keep going back to the things that, that fed you flesh, gave you pleasures. From, from worldly things, from fleshly things. And if you keep going back to God, even after tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, you are committing spiritual adultery. See, God is responding to spiritual adultery. And he, there are two responses that God gives. This is what is happening in the life of Hosea, chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. It, it says, you know, God gives a righteous anger response. You see, she has not acknowledged that I was the one who gave her the grain, the new wine and the oil, who lavished on her the silver and gold. Therefore, I will take away my grain when it ripens and my new wine when it is ready. I will take back my wool and my linen intended to cover her nakedness. So now I will expose her lewdness before the eyes of her lovers. No one will Take her out of my hands. Righteous anger, a response from God. God will say, oh, you think everything that you have, this materialistic blessing, this world, this job that you're offering, is almost God is saying in 21st century, oh, I will let him become the CEO, go to the top, and then shut down the company. If you're worshipping your job, that's literally what God would do. If you're worshipping other things, God will let you have it. He will let you have it all and then it will be stripped away from you. I'd rather have nothing than God take everything away from me. I think that, that needs to be written down somewhere. I did not even plan it. I'd rather have nothing than God take everything from me because I put my heart on something else. I don't want that. I hope you don't want that. We, would, we need to put our heart 
in Jesus. And the second response immediately that God is giving, not too far away, in the same chapter, just few verses down. Therefore, now I'm going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert where there's nothing, dryness, and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valley of Achar a door of hope. I will make the valley of Achar the door of hope. The word Achar means trouble. In other words, God is saying, I will make your troubles as a door of hope. Everybody lift up your hands and say, welcome trouble into my life. All the troubles in my life, you are welcome. Come into my life. Because you are going to be the door of hope. That's the truth. That's the truth. Now this verse is not saying, therefore you shall walk into trouble. Just because God said that he will make the valley of Achar into the door of hope doesn't mean that you go look for trouble. You make wise choices. But then when, when you take, you know, when you put, replace God with something else in your life, God will lead you into the desert. It might seem like you're going through dryness. But then God will restore everything, not the same way, but the way he wanted it how he intended to happen in your life in the first place. Amen? So if you're losing something, thank God for it. If you're gaining something, thank God for it. Your troubles will become the door of hope. Maybe you're sitting here and you feel betrayed. If, if you have gone through a serious adultery that happened in your marriage or if it happened through other relationships or if you felt betrayed that somebody replaced you with something else or somebody else or somebody rejected you and if you had gone through that genuinely, I believe that the God, Lord is speaking to you this morning and this is I'm speaking this word with true conviction in my heart, knowing that God wants you to hear this, is that forgive and love as you've been forgiven and loved. I know it's hard to forgive. I know it's hard to let go. But forgive and love as you have been forgiven and loved. You see in Hosea 3.1, it says, The Lord said to me, Go show your love to your wife again again even though she betrayed you even though she walked away even though she replaced you God is telling the prophet go her go back to her and love her again though she is loved by another and is an adulteress love her as the Lord loves the Israelites though they turn to other gods. This is what the Lord is talking to us this morning. Even though we worshipped other gods, even though we turned away from God, 
God keeps coming back to us and He keeps loving us again and again and again. Hosea 10, 12, it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. If you and I, if we have committed spiritual adultery, if we have replaced God, it is time we keep plowing, we keep sowing, we keep seeking the Lord so that the righteousness that He has for our lives shall be restored in the name of Jesus. Shall be restored in the name of Jesus. Society is training us to give up easily, friends. Society is training us to just switch over from one thing to another easily. Society is teaching us and showing us through replacement policy and refund policy. And today we are trying to apply that in relationships, in marriage. Do you know statistics says that people who got newly married use the divorce word just within the first year of their marriage in their fights. This has been happening just in the past five years. Just in the past five years. They easily say to their spouse during a fight, just within being married just in a year, oh, this is not working, then let's, then let's look at divorce. Easily. They easily say it out. That's what society has set them up for. God's word does not set you up for that. We have to strive as hard as possible. And this doesn't mean that if you are divorced or if you had really gone through genuine problems in marriage and if you made a choice to be separated, then that is between you and God. But please make sure, please make sure that all of your heart, that you know that you strived for love. That you forgave and that you are in a loving relationship with God. It is really important. Spiritually, in all of our lives, spiritually, if you are replacing God with something else, it is time for us to repent. It's time for us to repent. We have to choose God over everything in our lives. You can't just let you know, God be on one side and have everything else added into your life on the other side. That's not what God has called us for. I hope you were blessed by the sermon from the series Once Upon a Marriage. Make sure you share it with someone else who you think can also be blessed. If you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving an offering at www.kingcitychurch.org forward slash give. And we will see you next week with a brand new sermon. God bless.